You're listening to This Week in Sports. Here's your host, The Pody. Hello and welcome, everyone. It is Friday, August 28th, 2020. As always, I'm your host, The Pody, in the house, in the building here. Last week, I did not, I chose not to do an episode for. Uh, really, it was just one reason. I was pretty tired, long week at work, and I decided to play the new PGA Tour 2K21 video game that just came out. I downloaded that on my Xbox, and um, I was playing that, literally obsessed with that game for a few days straight. And now, of course, I'm on that Madden grind. Madden came out officially today and as i look at my uh battery percentage on my computer here i'm just gonna plug in the charger so forgive me real quick i wanted to do that earlier but i forgot and then while i do that i'm gonna turn on do not disturb so i don't get any disturbing clicks of text messages or i messages or anything like that okay so we're good to go all right um we missed a lot last week I'm going to really, because I want to keep this nice and short, because like I just prefaced, Madden came out today, and I do, it is kind of late, I'm getting this episode in late right now, Um, ate dinner, wanted to just, you know, get my notes and things and such in order, and really I I wanted to try and find a common ground, keep this one nice and condensed and, and, and sort of brief in a sense, but not too brief. Okay, because there's a lot going on in the world right now, a lot more and way more than what, you know, took place from last week to this week. A whole lot has changed. And, you know, if you were in a coma just waking up right now, I'm going to kind of brief summarize it, briefly summarize the week's events as best as possible. Try to keep politics out of the picture as best I can. But also, I do want to shed some light, give you a sort of personal opinion of mine, but not taking it too deep as to offend anyone um, because I'm not going to pretend to know what it feels like to be a black man in this country or anything like that. But I thank everybody for listening. And without further ado, I guess we'll just jump right in. And like I said, I'm going to skip ahead. I know there were some NBA games and some playoff games, and I'm not going to sit here and waste time recapping it because by now, you know, nobody really cares about that. We're just trying to move forward. And we'll start with uh, the NBA, in fact, obviously. And earlier this week, Giannis Atenacumpo, of course, the stalwart on the Milwaukee Bucks, a frontrunner in the East to make it to the NBA Finals, the best record in the NBA in the association this season. He wins Defensive Player of the Year. It is um, his second, uh, excuse me, no, 
It's his first year winning DP, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, but he is also in the running for uh, MVP, which would be his second consecutive. LeBron also in that running, but many think that Giannis is going to win it because we can only base this up until March 11th, not the game, not including the bubble and, and all the work they put in there. But not really a big surprise. Like I said, Giannis is obviously the best player on the Milwaukee Bucks, and they had the top defensive rating in the NBA, so he wins that. More awards will be coming out, I guess, later. Um, okay. Next up, some troubling news for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, of course, NBA legend, right? His son is facing 10 years in prison. I actually just read this today. This is quite shocking. Um, his son, Adam Abdul-Jabbar, allegedly stabbed his neighbor in June. I don't know um, what caused this or, or what occurred between the two of them that led to this uh, violent act uh, or alleged act of stabbing, uh, but he is facing multiple felony charges. That's really all we know, but it, it is a, a big-time sports figure uh, and, and his son, so I, I thought it worth mentioning. I have not heard this anywhere in the news. I just happened to read it today on Yahoo. Okay, so uh, speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, earlier in the week, they started a trend that had a ripple effect throughout the entirety, um, the entire, not only the, the NBA, but the all of sports. This had a trickle-down effect, a ripple effect, a snowball effect, whatever you like to call it. This started um, all of that. And, and what I'm talking about is Wednesday, the Orlando Magic were set to take on the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 5 of their first-round playoff matchup. The Magic were on the court, ready to play, while the Milwaukee Bucks were not out of the locker room. And it turned out they were not coming out. They decided to boycott or protest or go on strike, whatever you, you, you want to call it, I guess the proper term here is to go on strike. At first, they were calling it boycotting, but they're going, they went on strike. They decided they're not going to play the game. I don't know if they went about it in the best way. I thought not so much because they made the magic kind of look foolish because they were ready to play. They didn't coordinate with them and let them know. Um, it, it's, I guess it's fine it's, it, that they wanted to strike, but, um, and, and also, obviously, the Bucks felt that it was their duty to do so because that this latest shooting of a man in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Jacob Blake, he, uh, this is very close to Milwaukee. So this had a trickle-down effect. That game was canceled. I thought immediately that they were they did the magic dirty. The Bucks, you know, should be forfeit this game and take a loss. And I I honestly believe that the Bucks thought that as well, that they were going to get an L for this game. They they were okay with that being up 3-1 in the series. And no, that's not what came of it, which I thought was kind of, you know, foolish that they should have been, you know, just given the loss. But in any, in any case, um, all NBA games were canceled, okay? Immediately that night, um, they had a players-only meeting or teams, whatever, what have you, and LeBron James, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Los Angeles Clippers, two teams with huge aspirations, title aspirations this season, the two front runners, the two favorites to come out of the West. 
those two teams were the only teams left in the bubble that decided to boycott the rest of the season. So when I heard this, I said, okay, well, no LeBron James. And we all know how LeBron James has reacted with such things as Breonna Taylor with the hats he's wearing and saying how his people are scared to leave their homes and everything. And we could get into all of that. Um, I just think LeBron um, has too big of a platform uh, to to use that he's you know not going to not use that platform to to try to you know make waves and and elicit change in his own way whether I agree with it or not which I personally do not because um, I think that he is advocating for um, criminals not that I believe that um, in these cases they or uh, uh, you know Jake uh, Jacob Blake I don't believe that he should have been you know, shot seven times, and luckily he is alive, although they, they say he is paralyzed from the waist down, um, but that is a bigger issue in its in and of itself. So LeBron, no LeBron, I'm like, okay, there's zero chance that there's going to be an NBA season, of course, right? I mean, he's the fate. That would be like Derek Jeter saying, no, playoff, I'm not playing the playoffs. That's it. We're done. I mean, could the league could not continue without him, right? So luckily, luckily, um, We'll table that for a second um, and because that was all fluid. It was real late at night on like Wednesday or Thursday. They canceled all the games on Wednesday. And then you saw a trickle-down effect. The Milwaukee Brewers, you know, they said, oh, our counterpart in the NBA, the Bucks are going to cancel. We must cancel. So then they canceled. And it just had a, you saw, I think, three games get canceled in the MLB on Wednesday night. And then it had a trickle-down effect to the, you know, WNBA. The NHL has since postponed games. And we saw a couple, uh, like six more games on Thursday in Major League Baseball. And so there have not been games since, uh, basically, I guess, since Tuesday um, in the NBA. Okay, other leagues have, uh, MLB has continued to play, although there were games that were shut down or canceled over the unrest and basically over protest of this latest shooting in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin. I keep wanting to say Washington for some weird reason. It just seems like it rolls off the tongue a little bit better. But let me get back to my notes here because I'm kind of sporadically uh, digressing. I want to give you the exact number of teams and whatnot. Um, let me see this. Hold on. All right, maybe I have it in another spot. But anyway, so I thought at this point, LeBron, everything, you know, uh, Shams is is tweeting out that all this stuff is happening. I'm seeing Adam Schefter retweet things from other ESPN colleagues like Woj, and I'm like, what is going on? I text my brother like, dude, this the season looks like it's over. LeBron said he's not playing. They're boycotting. All that good stuff, right? Well, thank God for Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the one and only because he stepped in and calmed the waters and now players and teams have come back to the table and they have agreed to continue the season, the playoffs, um, and they will start up again tomorrow. Okay, so that is a very good thing, I believe, for the league itself because by it's almost like that old saying, you know, they're cutting off their nose to spite their face, right? I don't know what... Now, protesting, it can be um, a powerful thing, like with the civil rights movement and all that, but I just don't think 
that it's it's clearly not working right now. Um, it's been muddied terrifically by the uh, the destruction a, a, of cities and the looting and the rioting. And every night there's supposedly peaceful protests. I'm seeing burning buildings, people's places of business. I've seen businesses that are writing that have BLM written on them. They're supporters of the BLM movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. And they are still getting torched by these rioters and protesters. And don't try to tell me they're all Antifa um, because they're not. It's not all anti-fascist. It's, it's literally Black Lives Matter people. And it's, it's, it's not right. And so anybody that is peacefully protesting, we're not seeing that. I'm not, I have not seen a single peaceful protest. Maybe right at the very beginning, really, when this all first started after George Floyd, maybe. Um, if, you, if you're walking around with your signs and just chanting in unison, um, nothing derogatory, then, then sure, like chant Black Lives Matter all you want. But what I'm seeing is the derogatory, the defamatory words, okay? Um, it, it's, it, it's just uncalled for. I'm seeing... At the RNC, people leaving, little old ladies, grandmas, leaving the RNC last night and people screaming F you in her, in her face, in a grandmother's face and uh, giving her the double, flip, uh, the double flip off. I mean, just it, it, it's, it's not right. It's not how uh, children are raised or these teenagers or, you know, 20-somethings, these college kids that probably are not back at school yet or anything like that, that have the time and the energy to go out at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and run around and destroy property and steal and loot and riot. It, it's so it muddies the waters in terms of the protest. So I don't know exactly what you're going to accomplish by protesting the the league, because quite frankly, I've seen a lot of people when this came out up, oh, the league's going to shut down. People were, excuse me, people were like, good. Who, who watches anyway? And so that's what's going to happen. You're going to lose people. Okay, the detractors that already don't like LeBron James because he has a lot as of late. Okay, they are going to say they've been saying, okay, great. I'm not going to watch. I haven't been watching the NBA anyway because I don't agree with the BLM stuff that they've been doing. And a lot of people do believe that it is a terrorist organization. And, you know, you could argue the semantics of it all. And and that's fine. But we're not we're not here to do that. We're here to report sports and talk sports. So anyway, um, all that I think protesting the league does, and by not playing, again, it's cutting your nose, cutting off your nose to spite your face. It doesn't really, in my mind, do a, do enough. Um, so thankfully, Michael Jordan stepped in. He was the mediator, basically, between the owners and the players because MJ is the only black owner in the NBA outright. And um, so, yeah, he he spoke with Chris Paul, the president of the Players Association, as well as Russell Westbrook, to learn more about what the players hoped to achieve and offer assistance. And he gets it. You know, you watch the uh, the Last Dance documentary, you know, Michael Jordan walks that fine line. He doesn't like to get too political, but he's he's a he's a guy that, you know, when he speaks, when he says something, you listen might not sound like the most educated man ever, but he is smart. And, you know, that's a guy that if he ran for president, I mean, it don't matter who he's running against. That's a guy you would pick 10 out of 10 times. I mean, it's freaking Michael Jordan. He's a god in everybody's eyes, 
whether you're white, whether you're black, whether your skin is, you know, you know, orange, purple, pink, whatever. He, like, you know, that goes above and beyond. I mean, Michael Jordan literally is the greatest of all time. When it comes to sports figures and athletes, you know, you have your Muhammad Ali's, you, you know, like I said before, Derek Jeter, you know, of my time, Cal Ripken Jr.'s, you, it goes back and back, you know, Tiger Woods. And I mean, it's Michael freaking Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And so, you know, I think that what he did was great to get the players back to the table and to finally move forward and have an NBA season and salvage this thing. So that is something that uh, I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that he was able to do to bridge that gap. I read this this morning as well. An estimated 100 employees at the NBA's league office in New York went on strike today in support of the players in the NBA and WNBA who are advocating for social justice. And the best part is they apparently were going to just spend their day playing hooky, if you will, calling elected officials because, yeah, that's going to do anything. I mean, good luck getting through to anybody. Uh, that's got to be uh, that's got to be a real fun day. And, and I'm you know, I'm not knocking them like that's great that they want to, you know, advocate for change and stuff. But elected officials like they're so corrupt and they're not going to take your calls or take you seriously. So it's just it, it's tough because, you know, it's what can you do? These people, these athletes have this platform and I just don't think that they're using it right in in the sense that, and I saw a really good quote from Colby Covington. He is the UFC fighter. And this, honestly, he he makes a whole lot of sense as an athlete that makes money, all that stuff. He had a statement, I quote, oh, wow, you postponed your games, talking about the NBA. Want to prove you're really about change? Quit your multi-million dollar jobs and soft privileged lives playing a kid's game, take a massive pay cut and perform the toughest, toughest job in America, become cops, end quote. And I think that's a really powerful statement because like I said, and others have said it, and I will play a, a clip later of someone else uh, saying it as well. I don't believe the protests are doing anything. All right, let's turn things, uh, turn the page and talk some baseball, okay? Because a lot of things going on this week in baseball. The Indians have recalled uh, pitcher Mike Clevenger. He will start on Wednesday. He was one of the two players, if you remember back, him and Zach Plesak, they broke protocol and went out with some friends in Chicago. He then lied to the team about it, and uh, the Indians demoted then him and uh, Plesak to the alternate site. Plesak... Um, was immediately sent home, and he still has not been recalled, but Clevenger has been, okay? And there has been swirling speculation with the trade deadline coming up on Monday that one or both of these players will be traded. The big news in baseball this week was Lucas Giolito. He tosses the first no-hitter of the 2020 season. Funny thing about this is... I got the alert about the sixth or seventh inning that he had the no-hitter going, and I'm like, all right, this is not going to happen, whatever. I need to go to bed because I had work the next, early the next morning. Well, wake up, find out he did, in fact, throw the no-hitter. Took him 101 pitches. His lone blemish was a fourth-inning walk to Pirate shortstop Eric Gonzalez. Otherwise, he would have had the perfect game. 
His 13 strikeouts in the game are the most in a White Sox no-hitter. And surprisingly enough, who would have guessed, right? White Sox have the second most no-hitters in history with 19. And that is second only to the Dodgers, who have 23. Okay, so like I said, being that the Bucks started this trickle-down effect uh, in the NBA, deciding to not play, this had a trickle-down effect in Major League Baseball. The Brewers then canceled their game on Wednesday, as did the Reds, Dodgers, Giants, Padres, and Mariners. Yesterday, six games were postponed, and then the Mets and the Marlins had a decision on their hands as to whether they were going to, to play or not. And that's when things get interesting. Here's our next story, okay? The Mets and Marlins were the last two teams to decide they were not going to play. They came up with this idea to take their positions on the field, remove their caps, bow their heads, and stand silently for 42 seconds, you know, to honor Jackie Robinson before then walking off the field together and leaving a BLM t-shirt draped on home plate. Well, what should have been a great thing turned into absolute disaster, another PR nightmare for none other than, yes, you guessed it, the New York Metropolitans, okay? Um, The Mets have been nothing but disaster this entire season and in years past. 2015, getting to the World Series seems like a century ago. Of course, you remember publicly a few weeks ago, they went on air and said, we do not know where Ioannis Cespedes is. We cannot find him. He is missing. Just uh, it, It's just a head scratcher with this organization, right? So what happens yesterday? Well, Brody Van Wagenen, the Mets general manager, first year general manager, gets caught on a hot mic. Not This is 2020, people. This is one thing you don't want to do. We all know this just happened a couple weeks ago with Tom Brenneman, who has since been fired and his career is in shambles right now. Although personally, I do believe he will recover from this. Although other detractors uh, disagree, I do believe that eventually he will recover in some way or another. Well, Brody Van Wagenen gets totally caught on a hot mic And it is bad, bad, bad. Um, He's bashing people left and right, namely one commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. Well, enough of me talking about it. Let me just get right into it and let you listen to it yourselves. They're mulling that over. Baseball's trying to come up with a solution, saying, no, you know, it would be super powerful. Three of us here can't leave this room. They're saying, you know, it would be really great if you just have them all take the field. Then they leave the field. And then they come back and play at 8-10. And I was like, what? What's that? Rob. Because Jeff's scheduling is going to be a nightmare. There's so much at stake. And I said, Jeff, that's not happening. They're They're not dealing with reality. They're not playing, but that's Rob's instinct. And Rob, not exactly what you and I are talking about. At leadership level, he doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. And... That's so... Anyway, so we're waiting. Jeff wants to hear, as soon as we hear from the Marlins, uh, Conforto, whatever we do, we need to coordinate with the Marlins. So as soon as Conforto hears from Rojas, right? Miguel Rojas? Yeah. Um, let, let me know, because Jeff's standing by for that call, and then we can... Oh, but there's more. It keeps going. Standing by for that call, and then we can... 
to figure out what we're doing programming and schedule wise. You know, Rob's trying to say to Jeff, well, the Marlins, like, the only way they play a game, the only way they can do it is they have to fly up on the same day they play. I was like, that's not true, Jeff. They play a day game on Sunday. They could fly up after that game, play us on Monday, and fly back. Correct. So that's just Rob still trying to push and play the game. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeff wants to appease Rob. Jeff wants to support the players first and foremost, okay. but he's also, you know, he's he hard, to, it's a hard spot for him. He, he has to be the messenger for Rob to at least throw that to us. And I told Jeff, that's not happening. These guys aren't playing. I just stopped there. I wasn't even going to take that to my Because it puts Jeff in a tough spot if he's going to turn around and be like, mission. Because you're right. These guys, that decision is not sale. That's not, that's, that's that shit is sale. All right, so what the heck did we just listen to? Well, what we just listened to was Brody Van Wagenen absolutely blasting Commissioner Rob Manfred, saying that he has no clue and, and talking about how it's going to be a schedule nightmare and he wants the players to take the field, uh, then leave the field in a sign of protest, but come back an hour later and play. And Brody's like, absolutely, that is not going to happen. The players are not playing today. And he's really bashing the guy that... Uh, in a sense, is his boss. Well, it gets better because then he he lies about it and says, well, uh, he was confused and he thought what Rob said was really what Jeff Wilpon said, his immediate boss and the owner of the New York Mets. And my goodness, the Wilpons came out, uh, they came out swinging at Brody Van Wagen and absolutely just ticked off that he would throw Jeff Wilpon under the bus like that and... The best part about it is this story just keeps getting better and better. In the both Wilpons release statements condemning uh, Brody Van Wagenen for his inexcusable um, remarks and everything like that, well, they spelled Brody's name wrong multiple times. Jeff Wilpon's statement spells Brody with a Y. Then you have um, uh, Fred Wilpon's statement. Spells Brody I E with the I with an I, excuse me. Spells it correctly with the I E. Then in the same statement, a couple lines later, spells Brody with a Y. I mean, this is this organization is a joke. And here's my theory on all this because I do have a theory on this. And listen, how do you not know you're being filmed and you're on a hot mic? This video was uploaded to MLB.com, the Mets site on MLB.com, by the Mets before they realized and they, they pulled it down. Why would they deliberately upload this? And from what I read today, it was a 70-minute blank video with just the th you know three minutes or so of this audio uh, of Brody saying, you know, this better not leave this room, the three of us and everything like that. Come on. There's a part of me that wants to believe and does believe that Brody did this. Brody was the one that was like, yo, Mr. Intern over here, upload this video because I want this to be heard. And the reason for that is because, well, it paints or sheds a, a light on Rob Manfred that he is out of touch doesn't get what the players want or, or where they're coming from, and it makes Rob Manfred look worse. And I have said in the past that Rob Manfred has done a bad job handling, you know, getting the season going and the way the negotiations with the players. And I have advocated for him to lose his job on many occasions. Well, Mr. Brody Van Wagenen 
maybe wants to replace Mr. Rob Manfred should that happen because Brody Van Wagenen is not a stupid man. He knows that the Wilpons are out. This team is going to be sold. Final bids are due Monday. This team is going to get sold by, you know, the turn of the new year. And guess who's going to be out of a job? Brody Van Wagenen is going to be out of a job and looking for new employment. So is it possible that Brody leaked this and knew exactly what he was doing? Absolutely. freaking lutely it's possible. And again, but again, it does make Brody look like a buffoon as well as uh, in, you know, <laughs> in Brody fashion, because let's face it, he has done a terrible job um, in his one year, at, you know, with two, one, two years, whatever it's been with the Mets. Okay. Just a terrible year. Former agent turned general manager, just not working out. And so, hey, maybe he's looking to jump ship and he's looking uh, for a permanent position in New York offices, uh, MLB's New York offices. Who knows? But yeah, just it was just classic Mets and just wow, wow, wow. Okay, in other news, Jackie Robinson Day, which normally occurs on April 15th, but because the season was you know, didn't start up until late July. It is being celebrated today, Friday, August 28th across Major League Baseball. August 28th, you might ask, like, why did they choose that date? Well, it is the anniversary of the March on Washington in 1963, along with the date in 1945 when Branch Rickey met with Jackie Robinson to discuss his future in the big leagues. Next up, Phil Mickelson won the Charles Schwab Series at Ozark National in his Champions Tour debut. In doing so, he became the first player to win a PGA Tour event and a Champion Tours event in consecutive years since Fred Funk, who won PGA Tour events in both 2005 and 2007 and Champions events in 06, 07, and 08. The Indiana Pacers have fired head coach Nate McMillan after being swept by the Miami Heat, the second Eastern Conference head coach to be fired after getting swept. Brett Brown was also fired um, after the Sixers were swept by the Boston Celtics. Next up, the BMW Championship is underway. Last I checked, I'm just going to double-check the standings right now for you. Uh, you have Patrick Cantley and Rory McIlroy, the only two players under par right now. They are tied at one under. Tiger Woods not doing so good himself. He is at eight over. So a guy that has won this event five times, and he is sitting at eight over. Um, I mean, mirac he could have a miraculous weekend and, and just, you know, win this thing, but I don't think that would ever in likelihood happen. He's tied for 55th place, but man, I, I don't know what it is. This course must be playing extremely, extremely tough that there's only two, two players uh, under par right now. Okay, up. Mavs big man Kristaps Porzingis will miss the rest of the NBA playoffs with a lateral meniscus tear. They've been without him for two consecutive games. One was a win. One was a loss. The U.S. Open is set to start on Monday. That is, of course, tennis. 
The draws for the men and women were released yesterday with Novak Djokovic, the Joker, and Karolina Pliskova leading their respective brackets. I still think that Serena Williams has got to be the front runner on the women's side. And sadly, Lionel Messi, one of the greatest, if not the best soccer player of all time, wants out of Barcelona. Uh, where he will end up, I have no idea. And good news for Big Ten football fans like myself. The Big Ten is not dead in the water like I had initially thought after they decided to postpone the season. Um, there was talks that a bunch of players, of a small fraction of players, was attempting to sue the Big Ten and all this other stuff. But there are talks emerging now that they could start a season around Thanksgiving weekend and play through January. I know um, Ohio State coach Ryan Day has talked about starting a season somewhere in mid-January as well. So it's not dead in the water. So that's some good news there for Big Ten college football. Uh, last but not least, Bruce Arians. Um, he was asked a question about the protests and about um, the players and, and and what they should be doing. And here was his reaction. Bruce Arians, you could tell in his old age, not that he's like super old, but he's been around a really long time, 30 plus years in the NFL. He has seen it all. And here's what he had to say. Hey, your responsibility is to take action. I don't know that protest is an action. You know, uh, I think each guy has a personal thing. Um, I, I would, I would beg them to take action, you know, find a cause and either support it financially or do something to change the situation because protesting doesn't do crap in my opinion. I've been seeing it since 1968. So there you have it. That is something that I've been advocating for. And that's what I'm trying to say as well. I don't believe the protesting by the players really does enough or does anything it, it he I I he said it well. I don't think that protesting is an action or enough of an action to for anything to happen. And the problem is what the action is that we want or he wants or or we want to see or that we think will have the biggest impact. I don't know. Police reform, yes, sure, but I also think it has to do with educating the young children. We need to start implementing this in the schools and teaching um, kids how to react around police officers and not all police officers are bad or are going to shoot or to kill you or, or you know, that sort of thing. But again, it's a very tough subject and it's something that we have a long, long way to go to improve it. Um, so I just, I thought that was interesting because again, Bruce Arians, like he said, he's been seeing it since 1968 and we're no further along really than, than is all he's trying to say. And last but not least on this date in sports, August 28th, 1994, an 18-year-old Tiger Woods, six down at one point, roared back to win the U.S. Amateur at TPC Sawgrass. He became the youngest golfer at the time to win the event, and it marked the first of three straight U.S. Amateur titles for Woods before turning pro in 1996. And of course, the rest is history. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
I hope you enjoyed listening to episode 111. I went a little bit longer. I might cut some of this out in the middle. Um, We'll see in post. But with that being said, yeah, that's the end of the show. Okay, I hope you learned, you know, one thing from listening to me speak today, whether it's sports-related or life-related. I do, it doesn't matter to me. I just hope that um, you take something from this episode because I'm doing it for you. I don't do it for myself. Um, I en- I mean, I enjoy doing this podcast, but you know, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, DM me, message me. You know, I- I'm open for conversation. I'd love to talk with with anybody that 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 wants to have a conversation about anything. If you've got, you know, one point of view and I've got another, yes, absolutely. Let's talk about it. Let's, you know, let's, let's have that conversation because that's what we need right now. And on another note, I will say this, I'm going to be streaming some Madden probably the rest of the night. Um, and over the weekend, if you want to watch me, twitch.tv forward slash crazy 88. That's K-R-A-Z-Z-Y-0-8-8. So twitch.tv forward slash crazy88. You can watch me play some Madden. Um, Yeah, that's all I've got, guys. Um, Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. All right. If there's a curfew where you live, please abide by those curfews. They're in place for a reason. I know this Hurricane Laura, this tropical storm has already taken lives. I, you know, I'm thinking about each and every one of you down in Louisiana, especially with this, you know, with this storm. Um, we li- Hey, tough times. I, I get it. But, um, you know, we got to pull for each other and, you know, look out for one another. So with that being said, guys, I appreciate you listening in and tuning in wherever you may be, whenever you may be listening. Have a great weekend. I'm going to go watch my New York Yankees. Let's see if uh, we could set another record and have another 50 guys go on the IL uh, by the end of this season because right now it's an absolute joke. They have an off day yesterday. Gio Urshela gets hurt. I I watched the Yankees blow a 4-0 lead to the lowly New York Mets, and then Luke Voigt running to first base appears to get hurt. Just an absolute joke uh, of an organization right now, and I'm ticked off. And with that being said, I'm going to go watch the rest of this Yankees and Mets game while I, you know, post-produce this episode and throw it up online for you guys to listen to. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Pody out.